friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine, welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch. There's always an open table, hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. So let's lace up those shoes, put a smile on your face, and log some miles. We're going to start off with our warm-ups. We love to hate them and hate to love them. We're going to start out with calf raises. I want everybody standing tall and getting on your tippy-tippy toes like the ballerinas we dreamed we would be when we were little. We're going to bring them up high and then gradually and controlled bring the heels down, making sure that they touch the ground and then come right back up nice and gradual really focusing on stretching out the toes just as much as the calves. Great before our feet and our legs take a little bit of a beating. Gonna do a couple more of those and then transition into our next stretch, which my ever favorite squats. So let's do that last calf raise and bring it into the squats. Getting those feet a little bit more than shoulder width apart, making sure our toes are pointing forward heels firmly planted, and drop those glutes, everybody. Again, making sure that we're not just popping out our peaches, but we are dropping them down and then engaging our all of our lower body as we're pushing back up. Getting a few more of those in. You can drop it like it's squat and sing along if you know that song. Rolling them forward a few times, and then rolling them back as well, making sure if you need to stretch your neck out, you take advantage, shake out those arms, shake out those fingers, legs, toes, and booty, because we're going to get into our walk-in warm-up. Coach Christine, lay it on us. What's going on, my friend? Hey, friend. I am so excited. We're going to get right into my personal favorite part of the workout our walking warm-up. So friends, let's roll in three, two, and one. We're going to do this for five minutes here. This is where I think you can kind of have a little shoulder shimmy, skip a little bit, find your joy, connect with it here right now, and allow yourself to kind of just wake up a little bit more as we roll through. I definitely put my hands up above my head and start wiggling and everything and kind of do like I'm, again, like I'm taking off for flight. But it just, after I start walking forward, I notice all the tight spots. I'm like, okay, wait, I need a little extra rolling around here. Shelby, let's be honest. I know that you're doing spirit fingers from the very beginning. Oh, always. I'm like jazz hands, spirit fingers, whatever you want to call them. I'm pulling out those bad boys. I did not take dance when I was a kid, but I had the jazz hands to make it happen. I can see that. I can tell you have that extra kind of spirit. So friends, let's go ahead and own in a little bit of that Shelby spirit here. Get a little jazz fingers going on. Loosen up as you roll on through. We're going to have a phenomenal time together on this long brunch. We're going to be here for about a 60-minute workout. So we're going to have four 10-minute endurance blocks. We'll break them up with an opportunity to pull back your pace, a little bit of an opportunity to push up the pace. And before we get kicked off into the actual running portion, let's not forget, friends, we're going to have a little bit of extra fun. You should have received your newsletter giving you that scavenger hunt slash bingo card. I don't know what I'm going to call it. I think it's a bingo card officially, Coach Shelby. But... 
go ahead and take a screenshot of it and I want you to actually look around you while you are out and about. Maybe find a few reasons to smile while you're racking up these miles. Of course there's a puppy on here. <laughs> of course there's a puppy because that's my favorite, but let's not kid ourselves, Coach Shelby. What everybody's really going to be hunting for is those porto potties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, by subliminally, I'm just making sure you guys are staying hydrated enough so you have no choice but to use one. So work harder, work smarter, not harder, work smarter, not harder. I got that somehow. Regardless of what it is, friends, go ahead and take a photo along the way with your bingo card. Drop in a few selfies for us on our social media. You can use hashtag TFBrunch. Tag us on Instagram at Time for Brunch Podcast or join us over at our Facebook community page. And again, you should have all of that information in your newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, don't worry. I'll drop that into episode notes so that you can stay tuned in to all of these fun, interactive games that we have to help you enjoy your brunch. Now, I have to ask, on the bingo card, we have a pink flower. We picked the pink flower, but it doesn't have to be pink. We'll take any color flower. I think you're absolutely right. And we also don't have to have a cat that's as big as a puppy, even though I'm going to give you bonus (laughs) points if you can find a cat that's as big as any other puppy out there. (laughs) And you know the sumo squat's just for me. You just got to get that in every time. (laughs) Like tributes to coach Shelby here of course we've got that dragon breath that porto potty that sumo squat but then we got the gut the nod from another runner which is totally up your alley like I'm surprised your neck doesn't hurt from all the nodding you do on your runs like hey what's up a lot of waving a lot of smiling I you know if I could I would probably engage everybody that I came across in conversation which I'm sure leads to me being the weird person in the neighborhood and that's okay Little do you know there's a wanted poster of this. Have you seen this runner? Have you seen this sparkly person? Where is she? Without a doubt, I could absolutely see where that would be a case. Coach Shelby, we have less than 60 seconds before we roll into our first 10-minute segment. And, you know, we're going to make this quite timely, today's episode, because all across the nation here in North America, we have folks getting ready for back to school. We can almost feel that fall crisp air, or maybe I'm making that part up. I have a good imagination, but we're going to do a little bit of back to school. So I can't wait to get into that conversation with you when we get into our endurance block. Do you have any last minute tips for our friends that are going to be heading into that first run in 30 seconds? No matter if you're feeling good, feeling crummy, just know you're out there, you're doing your best and just have some fun with it. I love that. I love that. I'm going to go ahead and tackle onto that. But even if you're not feeling your best right now, give yourself a little bit of patience and time. Maybe drop in some more of those photo opportunities that you have with that pink flower. And then let's get ready to put a <laughs> nice tall posture to that big smile on our face. And let's roll up in three, two, one for 10 minutes here. Coach, lay it on me. Tell me some of your favorite back to school memories or maybe you're even kind of getting ready for it yourself right now from the other side of it as a mom yes which is really weird because I was not a big school person full disclosure could not wait to be done with school so I always loved the school supply shopping portion 
and packing my backpack and picking out my first day of school outfit. And then the night before, I'm like, but I don't want to go. I just want to buy all the pretty things and get myself packed up, but I don't actually want to go do the thing. And now as a parent, I'm like, please take the child. I'll give you whatever you want. I was joking with her teacher when they called me and I'm like, you want a glass of wine or Mercedes, anything? Like, I'll take it a week early. Like, I'm fine. Whatever you want. I think the answer is yes. All of the teachers. So I do want to give a big shout out to any of our friends that are joining us here in this brunch run that are educators. We appreciate you so much. We see you. We know it's it's not your favorite time of the year necessarily, but we're giving you a lot of love and thank you for all that you do, friends. Yeah, for sure. I always had mad respect for teachers and still do. Um, because again, especially the ones that are going back with kids of their own too, it's, it's a lot of mixed emotions. On one hand, you're like, yay, kids are going back to school. And then you realize quickly, oh wait, that means I have to go too. That was not part of the job description that I, I, I just kind of glazed over that, right? <laughs> yeah, I could see where that would be a thing. But you know what, Coach Shelby, I find it interesting that you didn't love getting ready for school and going to school. I was such a nerd. Oh my gosh. Back to school shopping was probably like better than Christmas for me. I wanted the pencils and the pens and the highlighters and the new book bag and the lunchbox. Do you remember some of your childhood lunchboxes? Yeah. See, I was pretty boring to where we had like the <laughs> same type of lunchbox to where it was just like plain colored. Um, but I always like had a fun backpack. I did love me some Lisa Frank. It was the vibrancy, Ooh. the neon, everything. It spoke to my soul. Um, but but yeah, I loved the shopping part. I just didn't want to actually use any of said supplies to go back to school. Like I would have my pencils all sharpened and everything, but I'm like, I don't want to use them. Like they just need to stay pretty. Really? Maybe why I don't put stickers on anything as an adult, because I'm like, I don't want to use them. I have a box full of stickers that will probably never be stuck anymore. They'll just live in a box forever. So we're going to give you a challenge, Coach Shelby. Use the stickers over the next few days. And then just take some photos We have talked about it. Okay. <laughs> we have talked about doing our door. Like, you know, like in those surf shops. Again, you're Florida. Yes. You get it. The surf shops that have the stickers all over. I'm like, well, maybe we'll do that. So that's been an idea floated around. Okay, friends. Let's play our little bit of put our pressure on Coach Shelby. We'll get her sticking things away. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but we'll get her using her stickers <laughs> in honor of playing with the things that she has. All right, we're just a few minutes in here and I'm loving that you talked about Lisa Frank because that is one of my favorite things as well. All of the neon, all of the vibrancy. I also loved in the 80s, I was a really big She-Ra fan. So that was my lunchbox. I love having my Shira lunchbox. I mean, what a cool superhero. She had accessories that had powers. Holy up my alley. Well, and now my daughter doesn't care about like getting a new backpack or anything, which my wallet loves. But me being me, I'm like, oh, but look at this one. There's a unicorn. And look at this one. There's a mermaid. And she goes, mom, I'm fine with what I have. I'm like, okay, talk to me in the teen years when you need 15 of the same item. But sure, we're just going to roll with it for now. I find it fascinating. It sounds like she is a little bit of an old soul, where she's like, I don't need all of the kid things, mom. Yeah, let's not get crazy. Still, when we go to the store, she's like, can I get a toy? And I'm like, no, you don't need one. She goes, 
but this is so pretty. I mean, she's she's a negotiator to the max, which I do love. But but yeah, it is kind of funny in hindsight looking back at a kid that never wanted to go to school. I'm like so excited for my child to go back. But even those without kids, I feel like the start of the school year brings in not only a new season because obviously fall's coming up, but dynamics change everywhere in the workplace in running clubs in really every facet because there are so many different activities happening there's people not on vacation as much because it's not summer so it really wreaked havoc on your schedule whether you have child have children or not yeah no it definitely changes things up i've always traditionally said that fall season kicks off my really busy season because just like you said um People start to do a lot more events, especially down here in Florida. And I'm curious, friends that live in other parts of the United States or North America, do you guys tend to have busier seasons with like more popular events? The weather gets nicer here usually around October. So Coach Shelby, I don't know about down there on your side of Florida, but over here we have tons of like farmers markets and it's just like event galore and run clubs want to get together. Maybe people who may have decided to skip out on summer. So it can be absolutely the busiest time of year and also a little bit of the hardest time of year to get in those consistent workouts. I feel like every time, like once you reach adulthood, it's always hard. Like there's never going to be smooth sailing. And I am a firm believer and have tried working on myself that if I wait for everything to be smooth, it's never going to happen. So learning kind of, again, like we have seasons in running, we have seasons in our lives to where, okay, it's not as hard these next couple months, the next few months after that are going to be really hard with the holidays, but just trying to evolve and just cutting ourselves some slack, which I'm not a pro at, will never claim to be a pro at, but it really, it's, it's something worth striving towards, not being so hard on ourselves. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Can you give like a practical tip of something you've used that helps you not be hard on yourself, coach? Especially like, let's focus it on brunch or the long run. Have you figured out a way to maybe not beat yourself up if your long run doesn't go the way that you had planned? Because I want to tell you, my last long run, it was a stinker. Uh, the, it was the a stink best, bomb. It was the best part of that long run was finding like three portal potties so I could take pictures of them and send them to you. <laughs> so it was a literal stinker and a figurative stinker. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think the long runs especially uh, freak people out because it's a big chunk of your mileage. And I, and I get that because especially when you start getting into those bigger distances, a lot of people I know are doing fall marathon training right now one bad long run feels catastrophic because you're seeing this huge number and if you don't hit it or it's less than stellar like yours you said yours was it can feel like you're underprepared but again going back to the 80 20 rule as it does pertain to running that long run isn't the bulk of what you're doing the three other days you ran are going to have a lot more impact than one singular long run if everything rested on the long run you wouldn't be having other workouts and <laughs> you would just be running all that long run mileage which is basic science is going to just 
make you hurt and not work. So focus on the full week, not just those singular runs. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're giving it. I I call it kind of like a consistency calendar. Like if you were to break out your training plan over a course of 30 days, are you consistent with exactly the 80-20 rule? About 80% of the time, are you getting out there? Maybe you're missing runs here or there. Maybe they're not their best. But as long as you continue to get laced up, that really is the most important facet of training. It doesn't have to be about nailing paces necessarily every single time you go out that door. But luckily today, we have about 60 seconds before we hit our first 60-second pullback because I'm going to have folks all pull it back into a walk or stay right here in a light conversation pace. Before we do any of those push-up options, I want to make sure that you guys get a little bit more warmed up um, and really start to kind of just hone in on being a little bit more measured and conservative out of the gate. I will say with the long runs, if you're noticing week after week that they're not going well, definitely look for adjustments. That's my one caveat I'll drop before I let you do the countdown. <laughs> Coach, we got to talk about that, which means that we're going to rejoin in our next endurance segment with that because, so don't forget your thought, because that sounds absolutely like something I want to know more about in terms of those adjustments. We're going to pull it back for 60 seconds in five, four, three, two, and one, let's go ahead and pull it back. Now this is the time where I'm gonna ask everyone who is rolling through this long brunch to do a little shoulder shimmy with me and Coach Shelby, because we're doing it here right now. A little shake out of those hands and maybe use those Coach Shelby spirit fingers and I'm actually really physically doing this as we speak because we wanna keep you light and loose and if by any chance you're seeing one of those scavenger hunts on your bingo card, go ahead and Make that note, maybe take a photo, enjoy it. And that big dragon energy breath. Come on, everybody. Say it loud, say it proud. That's actually (laughs) the perfect way to go back into our next endurance segment because we're going to get that good old dragon breath going, kind of really on par since the new show just dropped on HBO, all about House of Dragons, I think. I don't even know what it's called. I'm not that cool. Let's pull it back up in three, <laughs> two, and one. Ten minutes here. Okay, coach, lay it on me. So let's say I was to let you know that all of my long runs have absolutely been big old stinkers. Where would you suggest that people start making adjustments? I definitely think the first thing, and this is really hard of being self-aware, but looking at, okay, do you as the person actually physically running this, do you feel like it's you're physically underwhelmed with it or mentally underwhelmed? Because again, running physically and mentally both play a huge role into it. And I think a lot of times I always worry that athletes get overwhelmed looking at that number and psych themselves out before they even get to the run. So I think being honest with yourself first and foremost and ask yourself, am I looking at that number and just feeling that pressure and it looking daunting? Or am I physically uncomfortable, physically struggling? And you you can know, I mean, you, and feel free, Christine, I want you to, to share that too. I feel like you can know like when your body's hurting because there's something physically ailing you or when it's just your body's fatigued because your mind's kind of leaning into that feeling. 
two things. So I'm hoping I don't forget them because I'm ADHD and probably will. <laughs> First thing is, what a perfect opportunity to let folks know that at Time for Brunch, we're going to be reading and discussing in the month of September, this back to school season, Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor. So you're absolutely right, Coach. And I think that, again, we've talked, we've touched on it pretty much every episode so far that that mind mental component of running is incredibly important and it is really integral to the success of your training to kind of start working on figuring out where are my mental blocks and how can I train for them. Um, So thank you for mentioning that because I think that's such a great way of saying it. I think we've also talked about how the long run really should be that one run per week. I've always kind of in the past called it, it puts the tiger in the house cat. But you know what, tigers, although we kind of think of them as being fierce, they're kind of (laughs) lazy. They're kind of, they kind of, I mean, so are house cats. (laughs) Exactly. They conserve their energy. So there's a little bit of a double entendre when I talk about that, where the long run is about conserving your energy, but getting in a very fierce mindset. So I love that that's kind of where we're going with this. We're just figuring out your, your mental um, capacity or your mental needs for that run and absolutely not psyching yourself out when you see the numbers. And I do see that very frequently with athletes. Um, physically, this is where you know that I'm a nerd. And I think we're starting to learn a little bit about maybe where all of my weirdness starts or my nerdiness is from when I was going to school. I love notebooks. I love pens. I love stationery. <laughs> so I keep a training journal and that allows me to be more objective instead of beating myself up about a really hard run. I can be very objective. And like, if I was to look at last week, well, my sleep cycle has been a little off. I was probably relying on caffeine more than actual restorative sleep to get through, um, which usually when my sleep is off, nutrition goes a little bit by the wayside. And by that, I just mean that I don't necessarily prioritize those really good meals that help you feel energized. So that allows me to see it's not me. It's not that I'm not capable of this distance is that I didn't actually take the proper steps to feel the best for the long run. So that's more of a physical component and where I really love spending time with a training journal and just kind of going through and being objective about it. I can't imagine why your sleep wasn't good considering no lie everybody we were texting at like 11 30 at night and she's like okay it's time for bed I'm like yes I know like an hour and then later, we actually went to bed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I can't imagine why but uh, it's so true with the training schedules and the training logs and going back back to it being a really crazy time of year with a lot of the fall races coming up all of those really long runs are hitting just about now and you're getting into the back to school work being different because everybody's back everybody's focusing there's different end of the year campaigns being built there's a lot that goes into this time of year again even barring just going back to school for those people with kids or teachers and such so give some give some grace that there's a lot being thrown at you at one singular time and most people, again, I think the stat is only 1% of people ever run marathons. I don't know the stats for um, half marathons, 10Ks, etc. but a lot of people aren't doing this, which is something we wanna change. But so again, give yourself some credit. There's a lot of balls being juggled at one time. I love that you're bringing it back to that point because 
As runners, we tend to be very metric focused and we get really difficult or really hard on ourselves when we're like, oh, I didn't hit this pace or I didn't get this distance in. Let's say that something happened and you did have to cut back your mileage and you may spend a few hours, maybe even a few days beating yourself up about it versus looking at exactly like you said, Coach Shelby. I'm always amazed when I see, especially like those longer runs that there's people who don't even put that much mileage on their car over a week much less on their running shoes in one go. So I do absolutely love that. Giving yourself a lot of credit, a lot of props, whether you go out for a mile or going out for your training for an ultra and you're gonna be there for you know, a couple double digits, it's absolutely your time and you should be so proud of yourself for just getting out that door, getting onto that treadmill. Yeah, and counting every run as a win, which goes back into not letting that long run defeat come into it because at the end of the day too I am a coach at heart I yes the science behind building the mileage and getting all of that but there is an adage and I don't remember exactly who coined it first but getting to the line healthy and happy even if you're a smidge under trained will always serve you better than getting to that line of feeling broken worn down and overtrained, it's not gonna it's not gonna help you. Like trust us when we say that, like take take that little extra rest day, cut that run a little bit short and play it smarter so you get to that finish or that start line with the integrity of being able to get to the finish line. I've actually showed up to the start line in both ways. <laughs> overtrained <laughs> and absolutely just over, I mean, I've, I taper pretty strong. I'm, I'm really good with Taper Town. I know a lot of folks get kind of freaked out about those Taper Town crazies um, or Taper Town madness, but I tend to welcome Taper Town because, like you said, a lot of folks are hitting those really peak miles right here, right now. And I do see it as like a little vacation before that really long race that's coming up. But I have both gone to the start line with probably looking back in retrospect overtraining um, and undertrained and you are you pretty much nailed it. I feel like the ones that were undertrained, I was able to adjust my race day strategy and pull off a pretty solid enjoyable race day versus the ones where I went in and physically was just really needing a vacation versus showing up to that start line. So I want to talk a little bit more now that you mentioned that maybe adjusting your race day, your goal race day. We have about two minutes before we have our middle of the road halfway point of today's long brunch where we're going to have a two minute segment where this is my suggestion friends. You have that time to push up a little bit into a surge if you'd like a little bit of a faster pace or pull it back again because again we have we are strong advocates of walking it out and taking some photos um but coach tell me a little bit more about what would you suggest to an athlete who's been training and let's say life has just hit them hard at this particular season um things came at them and maybe their long runs or their running in general hasn't been great would you 
tell them to continue moving forward with that race day, or would you have them to look at an alternative strategy? We have about 60 seconds, and we'll have that two-minute segment. Oh, so much to unpack. It, it honestly is going to depend on the individual athlete, but I will say, as a coach especially, we can advise that you postpone a race or you find a different one, but most athletes are still going to do the race when push comes to shove, whether to experience it or what have you. So I think our job as coaches is to lay out all the facts, but ultimately if they want to continue forward, I would rather coach someone safely to get to the finish line than just turn them loose and say, well, I don't think you should do it, bye-bye. Like, I just, I can't do that. Because somebody's going to get hurt way worse. I love that response. Seriously, that is such a good point. So basically having an honest conversation and so folks that have that opportunity maybe again using that journal that I was talking about where you could have an honest conversation with yourself about how can you adjust your race day let's talk a little bit more in that two minute segment friends where you get to pull it back or push up in three two and one so what would you what are some of your tips for because I agree people are definitely there's very few times where we're going to see an athlete that's going to pull out after a training regardless of what's happened in that training season for a race day what are some of the ways that you generally would help them adjust that race day strategy? I do always work with them of identifying why they want to go forward, why it's important for them to do the race, whether it's because they've invested a lot financially, a lot of time, um, if it holds a special meaning or anything, and adjusting the goals from there because it tells a lot of why you want to do it. And then if a runner's not already using a run-walk method, um, as long as they are open to it, which I'm hoping that everybody listening would be, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, um, I definitely will adjust sooner versus later. Because again, you don't want to just do the run-walk as the first thing you do on a race day. So adjusting from there, getting them comfortable, even if there's not a lot of time to get multiple long runs done at a run walk, at least getting that base comfortable with the starting and the stopping and just having the heart to heart and sharing some of my experiences. Again, I've had races not go even remotely like I like. At the core, we're runners. I mean, yes, we're coaches, but we understand those tough days. But again, I've always said being a coach has made me a better runner because it forces me to see myself how I want my athletes to see themselves. So there's a few things that I want to touch on that you just discussed and laid out there. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So much goodness in that less than two minute segment. So we're going to take it into our next endurance block because this is just flying by in five, four, three, two, and one. So friends, if you do have questions as to how to adjust, if your season of life has given you a few different surprises, please reach out to Coach Shelby or myself at timeforbrunchpodcast at gmail.com. It's also in the episode notes. We're here to help answer any questions you may have um, because clearly it's very individualistic as to what's going on with you. However, let's say that you're not going to do that and you still want some practical tips that you can take in to play for yourself. Well, first and foremost is I want you to research your race. And by that, I mean, take any pressure off of yourself of the unknown, reach out to the race director or whomever is actually the timing management or whomever may be in 
in charge of that finish line because what I hear from athletes is they're scared they're not going to make it the course limits. And I want you to take that extra pressure off because often if you reach out to the race director, you'll hear that they have to reopen the roads clearly because they have permits they have to take into account, but there may be alternatives for you. You may have an opportunity to finish up your race on the sidewalk. There's races now that have become very run, walk, or walker friendly where they keep the finish line open um, past what they actually advertise. So help yourself feel more comfortable with what's going on with your training by really leaning into that research aspect of life. Um, that's my biggest takeaway that I suggest for athletes or for anyone who's thinking. And I've done it myself. I've reached out to race directors and like, are you guys going to like come sweep me? Like what's going to actually happen? <laughs> That's so funny. And you can totally tell your personality by your answer because you're like, research, do your reading. And I'm like, and there we go right there. I'm like, the key difference between Christine and I is she's like, research this, research that. And I'm like, listen. <laughs> well, for the record, I think that a lot of athletes have hesitancies. So friends, I consider myself a very solid middle of the pack to back of the pack runner. I've been in the middle of the pack. I've been, I have literally come through and had that finish line clock turned off on me. So I've been at that back of the pack before and I am the dead last swim portion of my triathlete. You guys can, I can pull up the stats. You can see that I, my name is at the very <laughs> bottom of the list. So I know that it's a big concern for folks. So taking that extra pressure, having other race day strategies in terms of like, your corral, um, getting there early, making sure that you're at kind of at the front of the corral to give yourself a little bit of extra time because usually the clock starts ticking on that time limit after the last person comes in. Researching pace groups. Um, Coach Shelby, I'm curious, do you usually run with pace groups? I do not usually, um, more because I just, I'm a loner. No, I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, but I, I like pace groups. I think there's a lot of merit to them, but a lot of times I find that I'll push myself too hard if I try to keep at that constant pace. Um, my biggest tip is if you are going to do a pace group, stay with the slower of the two that you're vacillating between because you can always speed up towards the end and catch that next group, but the last thing you want to do is go out again too hard too fast and if you're not used to sustaining that pace for the longevity of those miles and most of the time you don't get to talk with the pacers beforehand you don't get to know their strategy um so i always say when in doubt go with the more conservative approach and then fire up the engines towards the end Oh my gosh, you pretty much nailed it 100% on that as well. Uh, so I have used pace groups and I've run without them. And that is the biggest takeaway is know what that pace group is going to do and know their style of running, and especially like even run walk. So they may have the same run walk intervals that you utilize, but their walk may be, they may training for their walk intervals to be much faster than you're used to. So it doesn't give you the recovery that you think that you may have. So that's a big one, my friend, because I've definitely experienced that as well. Um, and that's a great way to add in a little bit of a boost too with your time if you're concerned about not making that cutoff. And I love how we completely veered off from back to school and went into fall races. <laughs> concerned with not making that cutoff. And, you know, your running is really actually the strongest it can possibly be. Maybe look at making up that time with 
adding in a little bit of more stronger power walks into your training pan because it's possible that those walks that you're using for recovery may be a little, a little bit too kind of stop and smell the roses. Nothing wrong with that in the long run, but maybe not ideal if you're trying to make a cutoff time on your race day. And really a lot of the same uh, similarities can be set up between racing and training cycles and back to school. Again, you start a training cycle, you start school, like you, you were all ready with your backpack, your lunchbox, you were snazzy. And then same thing for running. You're excited. You just signed up. You spent all this money. You're, you're ready to go. You got new shoes. And then you get to the 100 day mark of school and you're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And then you realize you have a lot of time left. So it's that same type of thinking. And again, by the end of the school year, you're spent. By the end of the training cycle, you're spent. Like basically this is a school, this is school for adults. I absolutely love that comparison so much because I can actually physically see in my head. I've painted a picture of that school day. You're wearing your your back to school outfit. It's pressed, it's its absolute best. You're ready to impress, be it a teacher or a student or a runner where you like got your new snazzy running shoes for your training cycle and you're excited. And then you start getting a little bit deeper into it. And then maybe you're sleeping in and you're lucky if you even like get clothes on appropriately to get to school or your run. <laughs> Because I have You're definitely sh- put clothes inside out, wrong socks, totally different color shoes. I've done them all. <laughs> but like literally, you're taking a snack like out of the bottom of the drawer. You're not sure if it's expired. And like, eh, this is fine. It'll be great. <laughs> like that's what the end of school and the end of a training cycle is. Your your give a damn is broken because you literally have no Fs left to give. Oh my gosh, I love that. I think that every single school teacher who is running along to this brunch is going to feel this at their very, very core. So whether you're getting ready for school or you're in the middle of your high peak mileage, I wanna encourage you guys, you're doing phenomenal. You have a few more minutes here before we have another 60 second opportunity to have a pace change, but maybe go ahead stand up a little taller, make sure those shoulders are down and back, or use that opportunity to look at your bingo card and see, hmm, what will put a smile on my face right now? Now, I gotta say, because again, you and I, we know that this is getting into our busy season for me as a mom, for you on your business side, but what do you do to kind of fit in your runs, your exercise, and make sure that as busy as you get, you're not letting the things that fuel you quite literally fall to the ground. Um, I love that question so much and actually just kind of got into this conversation with people about this yesterday. So with a few minutes to go, I'm gonna try to make it short because this is one of these topics I can talk about like <laughs> ad nauseum. Um, just do a really good assessment as to what your priorities are. Make that as your initial assessment start to outsource and that by that I mean you may not be able to afford to bring in a housekeeper to your baby Jesus I wish that I could like my house is hot <laughs> and mess but you can outsource meaning finding folks in your circle that can help out and taking a lot of pressure off of yourself where um it doesn't have to be especially with social media I think we have this impression that everything has to look beautiful and you feel like you have to pack the most gorgeous lunch for your significant other or your child while they go away to school or go to their work day or your food's got to be insta worthy it doesn't I don't care if it's a sandwich that you're grabbing from Publix bakery or even a convenience store finding those quick grabs that kind of do physically actually 
help you stay fueled. Um, and then as far as fitting in those runs. So friends, if you see me take selfies and I have like a full face of makeup, it's not because I'm putting makeup on to go running. It's because I'm fitting that in in between meetings. And I have like literally like 20 <laughs> minutes, like somebody may have canceled or rescheduled their meeting. And I'm like, oh, let me just throw on some running shoes real quick. Get out there for a short little um, maybe mile and get back in before my next meeting starts. So that's definitely, it's just making those adjustments and fitting it in and not worrying about perfection. I legit asked you that too. I'm like, do you always wear makeup? And you're like, girl, I don't have time to take it off and put it on. She goes, it's, it's there. I don't, it's just rolling. I don't, and it, it makes me laugh because I'll get like, a lot of people will talk about it. Like, do you have, do you always run with like a full face of makeup? I'm like, not, no. Like if you, if I ever do get out for my really early runs, I'll never, I don't even brush my hair half the time, to be honest. But um, <laughs> no, not half the time. I never brush my hair to go for a run, ever. <laughs> So, Do you know how I avoid the makeup selfies? You don't put on makeup. I've got a really good tip. Yes, that that's it? exactly it. I don't put on makeup. <laughs> I just goes, don't wear it. This goes back to that cultural Latina mommy where uh, she had, like, she was like, on some makeup and I just kind of stuck with it and I do actually love makeup I love playing with it friends this is that opportunity it's going so fast you have that 60 seconds pull back your pace maybe grab a sip of water or check in on your feeling or push up for 60 seconds in three two and one this is flying by coach we've got one more it segment really and then cool down with the coaches oh. well and I'll touch on the scheduling one because you and I are similar is basically I take my fixed times that I know I can't run and then I identify those brief little pockets where I can fit it in and that's my play area that's where I'm like okay one of these three pockets it's gonna happen it's a roulette of when but during one of those times some magic's gonna happen right there I love that I think that's exactly a great way of looking at it so I know that a lot of athletes get really done on themselves if they can't get up and get out for their morning run but again it goes back to trying to fit it in and giving yourself like those kind of like picking a few different options little windows makes it so much easier I love that so what window think do you think tends to work the most for you and you can tell me in the next 10 minute block in three two one because I tend to end up being mostly a midday in between meetings which can be challenging in summer or in the evenings lately. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people I would love, love to be a morning runner, but it just does not, it's not conducive to my life right now. Mm -hmm. And so I almost always am an evening runner. The only time I usually am able to actually go in the morning is for my long run, uh, usually on Saturdays. Um, and that's my little luxury time. That's when all the stars align, everything's happening exactly how I want. And that's my my magical run where I get to go in the morning. I get to greet the birds and all of this, but during the week, that's just not gonna happen. And that's a dream I had to let go of because I can't make it happen. And I don't love running at night, but if I'm faced between not running or running at night, then unfortunately, I'm going to put on some bug spray, put my big girl pants on, and I'm going to go run and curse it until about mile two. And then I'm like, oh, this is magical. <laughs> I have a couple ideas of how to make your night running a little bit more fun. But before we do that, I think this is a perfect segue to let you guys know that we've heard you loud and clear. 
And although you love running with us for a little bit of long brunch, you're looking for something maybe a little bit shorter than these longer runs. So we are going to be debuting our official Quick Bites. You can find it ready to download on August 31st. It's going to be a new segment dropping on Wednesdays about 20 to 30 minute long for you to fit it in whenever you need. And maybe it is part of your long run where you have to break up your long run into two different segments or even three different segments. It's still okay, friends. That's really what's most important for you to realize that it's okay to shorten it up a little bit, get out there, squeeze it in. And like you said, in between meetings where even if you don't have a run for that portion of time and you're like, hey, I just got to get out. I got to step away from the computer. I have to step away from my to-do list, laundry, house, child, whatever. And you're like, I just need a voice. Those are where those are going to come in because again, we both get it. No matter if if our lives day to day might look different, a lot of the same challenges plague each of us. So just making that a little bit, a little bit less daunting of only thinking you have to get out to do those longs. The shorts are just as tasty. I promise you. I love that coach. And gosh, that's so perfect friends. Like maybe you just need to cool off from a heated conversation Maybe you're a little frustrated with something going on at work. You need to clear your head. This is a great way to get out there. Just get a little bit of fresh air. Let your mind get cleared. Have a couple of laughs, hopefully a little chuckle. And maybe that'll help you go back into whatever that situation is. Because I am a big believer of instead of sleeping on it, walking on it. So you can join us for a walk. It does not have to be a run. Please understand that we are here for however you choose to move, including those inline skates. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave that to you. (laughs) Definitely not happening here. So coach, you talked about it being just as tasty. Let's talk about uh, our favorite conversation outside of running and coffee is food. Of course, you have some favorite lunches or maybe back to school lunches that you you like to pack. Well, my daughter eats the same thing every single day. So it's not very exciting. She basically gets a cheese sandwich strawberries, some crackers, and maybe like a cookie or something. Very plain Jane. I always wind up having leftovers for lunch. It's just quick and easy. I get a short little block of periods where I don't have anybody needing me or wanting me. I can get some work done. So I try to use the leftovers so I know I'm getting some fueling food without having to create something. Every once in a while, I'll make myself a new lunch. But those are few and far between. I I, I, mean, I eat a lot of food cold. I don't usually like heating up leftovers. Like I eat pizza cold. I eat pizza Chinese cold food cold. Like, pizza is supposed to be cold. I'm pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This is another polarizing topic. Pizza heated up or pizza frozen or not frozen, but cold leftover from the refrigerator. Yeah, not like from. Okay, I actually do really like my leftover pizza cold. I really, really do. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point. You grab and you go. I do know you're right. There are folks who will never do that. So I'm curious on the folks who would never do that and they have to heat it up. Are they okay with it being microwaved or do they force it to be like one of those fancy convection ovens? (laughs) (laughs) Or those fan dangle things. I'm thinking a microwave is good enough. But usually, you know, the real reason why I like my cold coach, if I'm going to be honest, is because there's two things that make me feel like 60 seconds is the longest thing on earth. And that's a plank and the microwave. 
<laughs> seconds on the plank or the microwave. I cannot think of very many times where I can actually let that full 60 seconds of the microwave count down all the way down. Because I'm like about 10 seconds away, I'm like, I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat it now. I'm just gonna take it out. So. Or then you or then you heat it up too much and you're like, I'm not waiting. Like, I'm just gonna burn the inside yes. of my mouth. Yeah, see, so maybe we're just being practical. Maybe it's not that cold pizza tastes better to us. Maybe we're just really hungry. <laughs> now I will share. There is a hack that I found. I do not remember where it originated, but it is not mine to own, but it is mine to share. Um, if you do a pan on the stovetop and put the pizza in the pan to heat it up, it keeps it from getting so chewy and soggy and it heats it up faster than like the oven and having to clean stuff out because I keep stuff in my oven. Um, and yeah, so you just put it on the pan you let it cook for a few minutes and it comes off and it still has like the crispiness and it's not super chewy. So little you know, little kitchen hack there. What's actually the fastest out of all of these options is really just eating it cold because I'm thinking the minute you said a pan, I was like, I don't right. want to wash a pan afterwards. <laughs> oh, I don't wash it. I just, I, I'll just like do a paper little, towel and yeah. call it a day. But actually, that is kind of a, another tip if you are feeling like you're just overwhelmed and your schedule is changing a little bit. I do take the opportunity to kind of make those really big meals when I cook so that I can have leftovers. And I'm okay with having leftovers a couple days. I don't sometimes just have it for the next day. I'm okay with it being maybe two or three days and just adding different things. Um, really big on like leftovers, slow cooker stuff because that's usually so big that I can have a few meals worth out of it. So... I'm with you, Coach, on that. I think my favorite go-to lunches at all the time in the world. I would probably... I'm a sushi fan. I could have sushi every single day for lunch, I would. Really? See, I don't do... I love sushi, but I don't do the traditional raw sushi. I'm, like, either like the tempura or the veggie or something of that nature. I don't do the raw could see that well first of all you're a vegetarian or I don't know if you're a pescatarian but I would think I, I guess technically technically I don't I have no idea I eat fish so is that was that what it is I, I don't yeah. label yeah. yeah okay so yeah okay. I eat fish yeah um I, I like the raw fish it's such an easy meal for me um another talk back to Epcot one of my favorite things is to go to Japan and get their like their sushi there it's fast it's one of the like really quick bites you can get and it's delicious and I like the sliced ginger pickled ginger what about sandwiches how are you on the sandwich sandwiches. Uh, I can eat sandwiches salads and soups for the rest of my life and be fine with it favorite sandwich go oh my gosh no that can't it really depends <laughs> on the mood anything from a grilled cheese to and by grilled cheese it could be anything from just regular American slice to like super fancy like five cheeses and um I love BLTs if the, the bacon's really crispy and the tomato's really good. I like tuna sandwiches. I, <laughs> I can't think of a sandwich that I don't like. That would probably be the easier way of going through that. Fair point. I, um, I love making my own sandwiches. So I like getting a French bread from Publix or your local superstore. I know that therapy has Publixes. But so it's French bread, provolone cheese, tomato, um, lettuce, onion, shredded carrots, Ooh. fake deli with Italian dressing and oregano. Boom. Done. Sounds delicious. So now I'm officially hungry, friends. And if you're officially hungry, it's okay because we're going to be going into our final 60 second block here. I'm going to suggest 
since, you know, Coach Shelby's suggested it a couple times as well, let's make this a little bit of a mimicking our fast, strong finish. You're feeling good. This long run has flown by. And then we're going to have a little bit of coffee with the coaches. But you know, Coach, I think that we're going to make it a little extra dose of fun for this last segment. We're going to have a two-minute opportunity for people to either push up the pace or go ahead and pull back into walk whatever you need. Spicy, putting some jalapenos on that I sandwich. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm feeling like we've talked so much about like race day that the one thing that we can all agree on is that we want you to feel phenomenal at that finish line and have a good, strong finish. So if you want to mimic that today, maybe even see that race day photographer in sight, big smile. Let's go in three, two, and one. Two minutes here. I can totally vouch too that Coach Christine sits there and loves her race day finish photos because we were sharing some photos back and forth. And I was looking through, I'm like, wow, no, like she did, she legit hams for the camera. She's like, hello, I'm running and I'm fabulous. And I'm like, I want that energy. I, I really, I'm not kidding. Like, that's actually what I did this last weekend when I was struggling a little bit. I was like, okay, well, if I was to use some of my advice and practice some of like race day photographer photos, what would I do here? So I am 100% sure that people have to think that I am like the oddest individual, but I am still okay with that though, because it made me smile for a brief period of time until I found the porta potty, which gave me a huge chuckle. So, <laughs> see, like all of my race photos, as far as on the course. I always have my tongue sticking out. It's something my sister and I both have done. We actually have side-by-side pictures of us in the same dress at a homecoming dance, different years. Um, and we both are making like the same face. And even in the graduation photos, there's one with both of us with our tongue sticking out. It's just apparently a family of quirk. Is that something like, is that your intensity? Is that like your like intensity determined face? Or is that like you're actually making a face and being silly? I think I'm just awkward, so it just kind of comes out, and that's I, that's what awkward Shelby does. I'm so gonna, if you see a piece of that, Coach Shelby, out. I'm gonna say that that's like <laughs> intensity. You're so focused, laser focused on that finish line, and friends, that finish line truly is in sight because we're here for just 25 seconds, and then we get to cool it down with coffee with the coaches. <laughs> As Coach Christine puts some lipstick on my awkwardness just to make it prettier. <laughs> It's all about reframing. It's all about reframing. She's intense, just like you guys may be intense right here, right now. But go ahead, smile it out, cross that finish line, throw those hands in the air, and three, two, and one. And this time we're going to use a little bit of cheering. Job, the big dragon friend. energy. Yes, definitely. It's got that little bit of spice, that finish line. You should feel good. All right, friends, go ahead and pull it back. We're going to cool it down and pull up a big chair. Welcome on in our friend Jennifer Wackab, who drinks her coffee with lots of cream and sugar. I feel you, girl. I like that. A little bit more of that milk and sugar versus the coffee is what I'm feeling here. And she writes in, don't tell my coach. I'm not always the best at getting my strength in like I should. I come home from a run and then life just takes over. Any suggestions about how to fit strength in? I know it's important to prevent injury and to stay a strong runner. So what are you thinking, coach? First off, I totally get the getting in the door and life takes over. I don't remember the last time I've gotten home for a run 
and I was not immediately bombarded by somebody who shall remain nameless or my toddler, or I guess she's not really a toddler anymore, but anyway, needing me, wanting something, usually it's goldfish. Um, but so I, I get that. And I think the biggest thing to look at first would definitely be schedule as far as if you're trying to fit in your runs and your strengths on the same day. I'm a big proponent of stretching those out to where they're not falling on the same day. A great idea, Coach. So not adding them in on the same day. Strength training as one singular activity and fitting it in throughout the day. So when I am sitting there answering emails, I'll start doing squats. We all are on our phone probably way too much, myself included. So sit there, do some squats. Do some side lunges. Don't think that your strength training has to be bench pressing 200 pounds. All of those little strength moves throughout your day will help. Will it give you as much of a bang as a full strength training session? Maybe not, but it is better than nothing. So again, when you're idly sitting there scrolling or whatever, if you can't force yourself to put down the phone, whether it be work or just social media, Incorporate those, do some calf raises, throw in some jumping jacks while you're waiting for your 60 second pizza to heat up. I mean, really, any of it's fair game. So that's the reason why I haven't been successful at waiting 60 seconds is because I haven't been using it to multitask my strength training. See, we learn something new every day. (laughs) I think the biggest part is don't be ashamed either. Like it's, yeah, it sucks. No one's downplaying that, but don't beat yourself up because if it's one thing I have learned in my short life, is beating yourself up is not going to solve anything. Work the problem, troubleshoot when you can, and if all else fails, you know, you're, you're doing the best you can, girl. I love that. Coach, thank you so much for sharing that response. I 100% agree. And with just a couple more minutes to go, as we're wrapping this up, friends, we want to remind you that running, especially, again, as we plan on making this part of our lives for hopefully multiple, multiple seasons going the distance, pun completely intended, is that we need to figure out how to make it fit within our life, like Coach Shelby says, not the other way around. So absolutely great, long brunch, friends. Give yourself that high five. Make sure that you continue to rehydrate, refuel with some of your brunch-tastic favorites. And don't forget, you can join us starting Wednesday, August 31st for some quick bites, a little bit of 20 to 30 minute segments to get out for a walk or a run or some activity. Maybe that's strength training time. So while you recover and rest for your next run, we'd love it if you take the time to subscribe and rate, leave a review for us on Time for Brunch on Spotify or Apple. And please do share this podcast with others using the hashtag TFBrunch on social media so that we can continue to grow this community one run and one very important runner at a time. So see you again when it's time for brunch where we will be serving up miles. Coach with what? Side of smiles. <laughs>